The Revenue Roundtable Podcast, brought to you by Revco Solutions, your path to a better revenue cycle. Covering the hottest topics facing the industry each and every podcast. Here are your hosts, Kendall Agassi and Morgan Patrick. Welcome into the Revenue Roundtable Podcast. I'm Morgan Patrick. My co-host is Kendall Agassi. Today's subject matter is cybersecurity risks facing the healthcare industry. And we've got a special guest, Kendall. We do. Revco Solutions' own Chief Information Officer. Brad Rounding is on with us today. I'm going to let him introduce himself and give him a little background. Thanks, Kendall. Um, yes, yeah, so Brad Rounding, CIO for Revco Solutions. I've uh, been with the company going on about uh, 18 months now. Um, you know, I have a background in cybersecurity, master's degree, cybersecurity uh, certifications. It's a big passion for me. I've done it for the federal government, uh, local state governments, and uh, private equity and, uh, you know, uh, companies in corporate America. So it's a big topic, uh, you know, headlines for sure. It's a strong industry. And I'm looking forward to talking about what the risks are in the healthcare industry. Absolutely. It's a super important topic. So thanks for joining us today. Um, our first question for you is in the collections and healthcare industry, um, what do you see as major cybersecurity risks and how do we mitigate those risks? It's a great question. Um, so in the healthcare industry, some of the major risks that we have from a cybersecurity perspective are around data breaches and system availability, um, primarily in hospitals, clinics, you know, the availability of the information technology systems being up and available, ready to be used. Um, if those are disrupted, it could have impact on life. Uh, so that's a major concern. Uh, and then the one that's always in the headlines is data breach, you know, where uh, hospitals, clinics, medical industry has a lot of uh, records. Um, and those records are, uh, let's say, low hanging fruit for an adversary and an attacker. Um, and some of the ways that those uh, risks can be mitigated, uh, at least on the system availability side, you know, you want to make sure you have a solid backup strategy for your systems. Uh, you want to build uh, high availability into your environment so that if a system goes down, you've got another one carrying the load. Um, you want to have strong endpoint encryption uh, and, and detection devices like antivirus, anti-malware, stuff like that, so that you can't just run victim to a big ransomware attack. Um, on the data breach side, that one's a little trickier, uh, I think, this is, which is why a lot of organizations fall victim to it. Um, you know, you need to make sure you've got a strong account management process where if credentials are stolen, you've got some sort of complexity or age password requirements. Um, you need to encrypt your data at rest and in motion. Uh, what that means is the data when it's being sent either between a hospital and a collections organization or between two hospitals, it needs to be secure on the wire. It needs to be encrypted uh, with industry standard strength encryption. Uh, and then while it's sitting on the server, it needs to be encrypted as well. That way, if you do suffer a breach, uh, the adversary has encrypted files, which eventually they might be able to break into, but it's not gonna be as easy if it was just clear text. Uh, another thing that um, affects data breaches is uh, phishing, really is the main attack vector these days is uh, because everyone lets email into their environment, right? And um, you know, you've got strong firewall, strong protection, you know, even strong physical security, you don't let anyone into a hospital that's not supposed to be there in restricted areas. But one thing we allow all the way up to our employees is email. So, you know, phishing attacks are still very prevalent. Uh, they have a high success rate, uh, which is actually usually attributed to most data breaches. Well, let's jump to this next question, and it's more specific to Revco. How is Revco addressing those risks? Uh, great question. So uh, I'll start with the phishing one, since I just was talking about that. Um, we actually have a 
uh, kind of an anti-phishing or phishing awareness program where multiple times a month uh, we randomize tests against our entire organization. Uh, we, we, we do uh, phishing exercises. So it simulates an attack, targets the whole organization, and then we measure whether or not employees open that, whether they clicked on it, whether they replied to it, forwarded it, um, whether that they reported it. That's another feature too, is just, you know, we want to make sure there's a strong awareness within our organization that, uh, you know, employees can either be that strongest link or the weakest link for us. And we want to continue to educate them to be that strongest link for us. So I guess my next question to go on to that, um, Brad, is how, how did those tests go? I mean, obviously it's a learning aspect. Uh, employees uh, are put under the gun. There's some pressure there, but how, how did the employees do? Yeah, absolutely. When I first uh, joined the organization, we simulated a couple tests um, and we had some pretty high click rates at first. Uh, I think we were you know, probably in the 30% range of the organization clicking on certain emails, especially when it came from HR saying something like, hey, here's an update to our work remote policy. And uh, a lot of people are interested in that topic. So they would click on the, the link thinking they were getting to the policy. Um, and so now it, we've almost gone too far with it where the organization uh, now almost questions everything that comes from HR, <laughs> where it's like, is this really from HR? Or are we really, you know, is it tax season? Let me make sure I don't click on this email, and, and which is the right process, right? We want them thinking before they just natively click on an email, right? Yeah, they're like, hey, you want an iPad? Let me click on the link, right? Like they got to think, wait a minute, why, I didn't even enter a, a raffle. Why did I win an iPad, right? Like, let's get that thinking part of the brain going in again. So yeah, we've, uh, we've seen those numbers drop significantly. And actually in the last few tests, I barely get anyone in the organization to click on. I think we're at like less than 1% click rate right now. Wow, that's great. Yep. Yeah. And you've touched on this next question a little bit, but we're going to dive deeper on it now. Um, what are some of the most common vulnerabilities being exploited these days and the best measurements to com combat those? Yeah, there's always going to be a vulnerability of the week or vulnerability of the month. Um, you know, one of the more recent big ones in the headlines was the Log4j that several of our clients and the, even, even the federal government through DHS put out notifications about saying you need to patch this, hurry up, get it pat patched, fixed. There's always going to be those. So I think a strong um, patch management solution is needed. Uh, but the one big vulnerability that's common across almost all organizations is back to that human element, right? It's the it's the people in your organization. Um, you let them in your you let them into your building. You let them have access to email. You let them have access to the web browsers. Um, they are again one of your their strongest links or weakest links. If you're educating them, training them, letting them be part of the program, let them be your awareness uh, when you are being fished that they they send they hit the button that reports it to your IT team that says, hey, I I think this is a phishing email. I think I'm being spearfished. I think I'm being um, social engineered. And that warns the organization, lets us take actions to, you know, retroactively get get the fixes in place. But there's always going to be another vulnerability out there. Um, you know, so uh, you can't patch everything. And that's the uh, the tough part about human. You can't patch a human either. So you got to continue to educate and train them. Well, I mean, that's a great segue to this next question. And then we're going to take a short break and we'll come back. Uh, for the second half of the podcast. But since there's no 100% immunity from attacks, I mean, what are some key resources to have in place to kind of mitigate the damage in the event of an attack, and especially when we're talking about Revco? Yeah, that's that's uh, it's, it's important um, to know that, first off, that there is no silver bullet, right? There's no 100% being immune to attacks. Um, the way organizations and companies uh, can can really navigate these waters is to pick a framework that's relevant to your industry, right? So if you're uh, in the healthcare industry, you know, the HIPAA high trust is a, a very important certification to go for. 
Uh, if you can't go for that certification, at least ensure that you're compliant with all the HIPAA rules. Uh, if you're going to handle credit card information, make sure you're adhering to the PCI requirements and compliance frameworks. Uh, if you're doing so for the federal government, um, NIST is a pretty uh, heavily used framework. Um, ISO is a pretty heavy framework as well. So it's just pick, pick a framework and adapt its controls and do an internal audit of those controls and then have an external auditor also go through those controls so that you're not just looking at the things yourself. You want that third party eye, which is key because it keeps you honest, right? You want your, you want your investors, you want your clients to know that someone else uh, other than your own team has said, yes, you're compliant and you're certified and you're, you're doing the right level of cyber hygiene. Again, we're talking about cybersecurity. Our guest today is Brad Rounding, Chief Information Officer, CIO at, uh, again, Revco Solutions. Again, cybersecurity risks facing the healthcare industry. We're talking about that today. I'm Morgan Patrick, and again, co-host is Kendall Agassi, also with Revco. We're going to take a short break. We're going to come back on the other side and talk more about cybersecurity and the healthcare industry. You're listening to Revco Solutions Revenue Roundtable. If you have any questions about our discussion, please reach out to Revco Solutions. For more information, please call 855-202-0113 or visit the website, revcosolutions.com. Thanks for listening. The podcast continues right now. Welcome back into the Revenue Roundtable podcast. I'm Morgan Patrick. My co-host is Kendall Agassi with Revco Solutions. Our topic today Cybersecurity risks facing the healthcare industry. Our special guest is Brad Rounding, Chief Information Officer at Revco. And real quickly, before we get back into our questions for Brad, if you have any questions for Revco Solutions, our consumer hotline is this number, 855-202-0113. That's 855-202-0113. And again, each month we're going to discuss topics and issues facing the industry. And right now we're on cybersecurity. We are. Um, so we're going to jump back into our questions with Brad. Um, and we often see headlines about cyber attacks. So can you explain why health, the healthcare industry um, is targeted so often in those? Yeah, that's, that's a, it's a good question and a, a fair observation that you, know, you do see healthcare and financial institutions in the headlines a lot um, related to cyber attacks. Uh, there's a couple of factors at play here. Uh, first, you have to understand how attackers think. You know, they look for low-hanging fruit. They're opportunists. Uh, they're looking for low level of effort with high-yield opportunities. Now, you take a picture of the healthcare industry, right? We have a lot of personal information, a lot of health records, uh, credit card information, banking information, people making payments on their health and uh, healthcare, um, and a lot of hospitals and clinics. Uh, they actually rely on outdated systems um, and critical infrastructure that is not resilient to cyber attacks. You know, it's hard to keep up with patching and updating these critical systems because some of them are uh, life impacting. Right. You can't can't go just reboot systems and servers because they need a patch today. They've got to be online all day long. Uh, and you have to find really narrow uh, patching and maintenance windows to take care of this infrastructure. Uh, you, you marry that up with the just a vast amount of information that a hospital or a clinic has. Uh, and it becomes just a really uh, great low-hanging fruit opportunity for an attacker. Um, the other part is that, you know, you see a lot of ransomware cases hitting healthcare. Um, and I think that that's because um, there's, a, there's definitely a liability and, and uh, concern around life and the cost of life. So if you ransomware a bunch of uh, systems at a hospital, 
they're likely going to pay it uh, because the alternative is they're losing their systems. Their systems are unavailable, uh, which could have life-threatening impacts to that hospital. So it uh, becomes a situation where you go ransomware someone's personal computer at home, they're probably not going to pay it. They're just going to blow it away, rebuild their system. Uh, hospital, they can't, they don't have that luxury all the time. Revenue Roundtable podcast, our subject today, cybersecurity risks facing the healthcare industry. Again, our special guest is Brad Rounding, Chief Information Officer with Revco Solutions. Next question up for you, Brad. With agencies typically outsourcing their data center services, I mean, what are important considerations when choosing a managed security provider that you're going to partner with? Yep, that, that's a good um, question there. So you need to look at the requirements of the organization, um, whether or not there's compliance requirements, client requirements around where your data is allowed to sit. Uh, if it's allowed to sit in a cloud, does it have to be in the U.S.? Can it be global around the world? Uh, does it have to be in a region, right? Can it be on the East Coast, West Coast? Uh, what level of certification that data center has gone under, uh, making sure that they're doing their due diligence on keeping systems safe and available? Um, those are definitely some of the things to take into consideration. Uh, what your you know KPIs, anytime you outsource anything, how do you measure success, right? Do you have um, SLA, service level agreements, or key performance indicators in place to manage and govern that partnership with that outsourced uh, entity. Thanks, Brad. Our next question for you is, what do you define as key pillars supporting a secure data infrastructure? Good question. Um, so I'll, I'll bring a quote up that I've used in the cybersecurity industry several times is, you know, he, he who defends everything defends nothing, right? So the idea there is that you can't protect everything to the level that you'd want to protect. So you need to know where your crown jewels are. Where's your most important information or data at? Um, and then you put the most stringent controls in place around that. It's kind of the old concept around um, the castle back in medieval times, right? It's like, well, what's most important? I'm going to build a wall around that. Uh, and then we'll, we'll go out from there and, and you know, put additional security in place, but not to the level of a, a castle wall, right? So uh, some of the first you know, things you need to do is encrypt your data put access controls in place around it, and then start circling cybersecurity protection, you know, a little bit on each layer. So you have a defense in depth model. Uh, that way, no one thing is just, you know, you're relying at all on antivirus or you're relying on just encryption. Uh, you have nowhere to balance the right level of security with usability in that equation. Revenue Roundtable podcast, you know, each and every month we, we pick a topic that uh, is going to be, you know, very important to the industry. And today it is cybersecurity risk facing healthcare. And this is a big question. Uh, we've gotten through seven of them. We've got one more for you, Brad. Uh, and this one is, what are some key security certifications to seek and have in the collection if you're the healthcare industry? So there are uh, definitely a lot out there. Um, I think some of the most impactful for organizations in our industry um, certainly are, if you're handling credit card data, you, you need to have PCI certification. Uh, and I say certification and not just compliance, because I think it's really important that you have that third party auditor actually certify that you're compliant. They're putting their reputation on the line, saying that you've done everything that meets the requirements. Um, it's not a passing score certification. If you have even one thing off in that certification, you don't pass. So it's uh, really crucial that I think clients require their, their, um, their vendors get certified with PCI. Uh, another one that's important in the healthcare industry now is the HIPAA high trust. Uh, for for you know years now, companies have been saying they're HIPAA compliant. They're HIPAA compliant. Uh, the HIPAA high trust is the uh, kind of the de facto standard now in the healthcare industry, where you're having 
multiple organizations, not just one third party, but multiple organizations on the outside of your company who certify you've got compliance in place to protect healthcare data. Um, and the other one I'll just say is the SOC 2. Uh, SOC 2 Type 2 report is good for any mature organization. It's not just cybersecurity focused, uh, but it does go through um, all, all the controls it takes to run and operate a mature company. Uh, so making sure that your vendors have that is important just to make sure that it's not just a couple questionnaires that got answered and you've got some decent controls in place. They actually go through the whole company, looking at your board level, down to your leadership team, um, making sure you've got right HR controls in place and you know policies and procedures for everything. So it's uh, another great certification to have. I'll tell you, we've rapid fire through the questions. Brad Rounding is our guest, Chief Information Officer. Uh, at Revco Solutions, uh, you've been you've been there since 2020. How's that transition been for you? I guess how the, how's it going? It's it's going well. Um, I think every organization is looking at how they balance, um, you know, the 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 post pandemic, let's call it, you know, company you know level of IT support and IT infrastructure to support mission goals. Um, you know, I think we're you know in an interesting, challenging time. You know, as you make things remote and easier on the technology side. It creates, you know, new vulnerabilities, new risks that always need to be mitigated. So, um, I love where Revco is going. We've got a great roadmap for where we're developing our technology and our staff, and uh, I think I see all good things in our future. Brad Rounding, Chief Information Officer, Revco Solutions, our guest today on Revenue Roundtable podcast. Again, cybersecurity risks facing healthcare industry, and folks, if you've got questions. Uh, and you can direct them at Revco. I've got a hotline for you, 855-202-0113. That's 855-202-0113. And again, each month, we're going to hit different topics, different issues facing the industry. Brad, I'm going to throw an additional question at you today because we haven't touched on it yet. Um, for partners and clients of Revco, uh, I don't believe they often understand what it means to have cybersecurity insurance. So could you define that for us and, and maybe explain what it means to have X amount of, of insurance? Yeah, that's a great question, Kendall. Um, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. It's kind of an overlooked feature in a lot of uh, the industries, but very important in ours. Uh, one of the quickest ways a company can go out of business is due to a data breach and, and all the costs that go with mitigating that breach. Cyber insurance not only protects us as Revco, but it also actually protects our clients uh, because not only can they be uh, covered by the policy, uh, but it makes sure that we don't go out of business and then therefore losing the work that they've handed us uh, to, to do on their behalf. Uh, I know Revco, we, we maintain uh, $20 million in, in, in coverage. Um, this is, uh, it's important because we have a lot of records and you know a, a big breach can be very costly to an organization. Uh, with that insurance, uh, not only are things like that covered, uh, but it gives you a partner in how to respond and how to react in the event of a, a incident that would cost lots, uh, you know, def definitely millions and millions of dollars in a response. Um, so not only does it protect Revco, it protects our clients. Well, we want to thank Brad Rounding, Chief Information Officer at Revco, for joining us today on Revenue Roundtable Podcast. Thank you, Brad. Appreciate your time. Thank for, you. For Kendall Agassi, I'm Morgan Patrick. And again, this is Revenue Roundtable Podcast. Our subject today, cybersecurity risks facing the healthcare industry. And once again, if you have any questions uh, facing you, uh, you can call the Revco Solutions Hotline, 855-202-0113. That's 855-202-0113. 0113. And each month, we're going to discuss topics and issues important to the industry. We're back next month.
information is in no way intended to constitute legal advice or create an attorney-client relationship between Revco Solutions and anyone listening to this podcast. Legal advice must be tailored to the specific facts and circumstances of your case. Best efforts have been made to ensure this information is up to date. However, this is not a complete examination of the law and cannot replace the advice of your own legal counsel.